Okay, hello and welcome to All Governor of the Podcast. As always, I am Abdullah, and we got a returning guest, first returning guest of uh, 2023, the wonderful Marie Westbrook. How you doing, Marie? I am doing great. So happy to be here again. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, it's been it's fun talking to you again. Like, it's, it's just, yes. oh, man, I, I missed it. I missed talking to you, like, just seeing, because we, we were talking before we started recording officially, and I was saying, like, it is so fun seeing people, seeing my friends, like, succeed in the business, like, just seeing their careers, like, take off. And I'm like, I know that person. <laughs> oh, that means so much. Thank you. So uh, for the people who did not listen to our first interview, and I don't blame you because it's been, like, forever, how did, you know, how did you get into voiceover? Um, so it came my way without me knowing anything about it really so I got into it by uh I was doing on-camera work and in in at this point I was in Seattle and I got a voiceover audition for Nintendo Nintendogs and I was like what like what am I what how do I do this I have to record this I have to figure out a way to make this happen because this was like in 2005 or something so this is before people really had home studios and was before everything was digital. So I found somebody to record it for me. And I remember thinking, why am I going to all this effort? I, there's no way I'm going to book this. And, and sure enough, I did. And I remember being shocked. Like, are you sure that that's, are you sure they want me? So that was um, my start of getting into voiceover. And then I moved out to LA and I booked um, Star Wars, the old Republic through my on-camera agent another surprise to myself and and a surprise for my agent he said okay maybe you should get a voiceover agent so I pursued that and then eventually I stopped doing on camera and I just I just woke up one day and I just said I want to do voiceover and I I just don't have the passion for the on-camera side anymore and I love voiceover and that's and here we are today so and after that I just sort of really and I had been training in it and in working on my craft and all of that but um, it's yeah, ever since then, it's just been building and I've been trying to take different avenues. It's funny because when we first talked like three years ago, which again, feels like, feels like a long time, but it wasn't, yeah. uh, you, you had only done video games recently, you've done more anime stuff. So I'm kind of wondering like, how was, how did you take to dubbing? Was it easy or was it hard? Well, so I started doing I, my first dub was actually live action dub. That's how I got into that world, which was, you know, somewhat of a natural transition because I did on camera. But the first dub I ever did was, I remember it was so hard. I was like, what is this whole thing? And I have to try to match everything and match the lips and do, you know, memorize the line and do all these things. And I remember my first one was hard, but I was working with an incredible director, Jeff Howell, who is a dear friend. And he held my hand through the whole thing and really helped me, you know, just told me like, Hey, yeah, this is it. it there's a learning curve here. So that was where I started. And then I started working um, for other studios doing live action dubs here and there. And I was at Studiopolis and I knew that they, I found out, I guess, that they did anime. And, and I knew that would be obviously something really fun to work on. And my niece was 
very into anime at the time. Just really was so much of her world. So I just brought it up. I just said, hey, I would love to be a part of or be in the mix. You know, I'd love to audition for something in the anime world. If, if something ever comes up that you think that I would be good for. So lo and behold, uh, I was gifted the amazing role of Hanami from Jujutsu Kaisen. So that was my real star. I had, I had a smaller role, a couple small roles before that, um, very quickly before that, but just a couple lines, but then I was given that and that's kind of where it all started. So yeah, there's still definitely a learning curve. I, I feel like I've learned now that um, I, tr I try to go watch whatever the show is that I might be working on. And if I can see the Japanese, then oftentimes it's already out and I can go look and see how this character is portrayed and listen to the voice print and sort of get myself mentally prepped uh, for what I'm doing. So I've definitely learned over time. Uh, but I feel like that first character, that first big character went well, considering it was, it was all relatively new to me, but you know, I had done character work and I had to dub, done dubbing. So I was just trying to combine both of those worlds, you know? What's interesting about Hanami as a character is that if you watch the show in Japanese, he's a male character, but he's voiced by a woman and yeah. they don't do this in the dub, but in the Japanese, all his dialogue is backwards which I thought was interesting. Yeah. They did that for a, I know they did that for a couple of the lines. They did the backwards thing because they told me when we were recording, Oh, well, this is all going to be backwards anyway. So they, I don't know if they did it more maybe in the, in the Japanese, but uh, they, I know they did it at least a couple of times, but it's cool. It's cool. It adds to that sort of mysterious allure and, and also the mysterious, Hanami is just mysterious in general because what it, I mean, they have like a male body, this strong female voice, almost like a mother earth sort of presence. It's, it's just a combination of so many things. It's, it was really, I was, I was very honored to be able to voice that character. Plus it's, it's always fun to voice the bad guys. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. It's always fun to voice the bad guys or do the things that you would never really do or say in real life, you know? Well, obviously, this is just otherworldly crazy out there, but even just getting to play, you know, some tough badass, you know, things that are just, it's just fun. It's definitely always fun to do that. Yeah, uh, I can totally play this cursed spirit who can talk backwards. That's totally in my in my wheelhouse. <laughs> That's in my wheelhouse. Yep. <laughs> you know, so awesome. No, but it's really cool because I like the fact that they got a female voice to do the to to play a male character and not have her like do like a gruff sounding voice. It's just a female voice and I I really like that. It makes it makes him stand out more as a character in my opinion. Yeah, I like that too. And I liked and I remember listening to the Japanese and it, it felt the same way. Just a very strong voice yet feminine at the same time. Super something that you wouldn't guess upon first viewing this character and you know unless you spoke japanese you wouldn't tell like all the dialogue was backwards oh yeah well even english i don't well yeah i guess that's true with japanese you you probably wouldn't especially know 
because I had to like re-listen to it a couple times to be like, huh, I, I don't, I don't understand. And then it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's totally backwards, which again, raises more questions about how the other characters can understand him, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a universe where people can just send people into other dimensions and it's an attack. It's a normal attack. It's like, yeah, I can just send you to an to another realm and we're in another realm now. And it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, I think kind of we're in a space where any sort of reality goes. It's it, there's so many things, like you said, that are created that this this stuff that Hanami does is definitely not far fetched. I also love his design, you know, the the oh, yeah. the, the rot on his body, like all the rotting rotting veins that look like yeah. you know, tree bark. It's really cool. Yeah, incredible design. And then the rose on the shoulder. Yeah. The eye the tree trunks for eye. Yeah, there's there's it's a very, very cool, unique character. Plus like the mouth doesn't move, so you don't have to worry about matching the lip flaps. Oh yeah. See hey. That's a really good point. So being one of my first anime dubs, <laughs> that helped. That was a, a great way to dive into that world, you know, not having to focus on that so much. And did you have any idea how big the show was before you worked on it? Uh, no. No, oftentimes, uh, I mean, we'll talk about some of the, the other shows. And um, this one, obviously, I knew what I was going to be a part of, but I didn't realize how big it was. And then there is one show in particular that I didn't even know what the show was that I was going to be working on until I got into that first session. Yeah, I mean, you, you never know. Sometimes you could work on something and maybe like two or three people would see it. And sometimes you work on this thing and you're like, ah, you know, this, this seems fun, but I don't know if anyone's going to like, you know, lavitate towards it. And then lo and behold, you're part of this yeah. like massive franchise and you're a big character. And it's like, I how know. did I get here? <laughs> That's, believe me, I pinch myself all the time. And I, I truly, I hope that I have shown enough gratitude for the people that have helped get me here and for places like Studiopolis, Studiopolis and, and Bing Zoom and, and, um, the team from Cyberpunk, just the people that help that just have given me these opportunities and Studiopolis, um, for bringing me on and allowing me to do this when it was you know, a new ish thing to me. I mean, I definitely had to do kind of a quick little audition to hear what I could do, but I believe me, I've, I've, I've been given some really incredible roles in animes that are all quite popular. I feel like, I feel like they've all, for the most part, they've all been really well received. And I, yeah, I just have an immense amount of gratitude and, and super happy <laughs> and grateful that this is what I get to do. Yeah, no, it's 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 fun. Like you guys have like so much fun going into into um the booth and and bringing to life what we can only imagine in our minds of what what some of these characters sound like cuz again, yeah. like I said, you're playing a cursed spirit who talks backwards. Like how, what does that sound yeah. like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I when I first saw the artwork for Hanami on the screen. I remember I didn't, I wasn't even sure which character I was playing. It took, it took a second. I was, oh my God, that is the character. Are you kidding me? So, uh, but that was, again, I, that's where I, now I've learned I can easily go in and find out this information beforehand uh, by looking, because a lot of the 
you know, a lot of the um, animation exists previous to when I go in and record. So, so you don't mind um, watching the the sub subs first to, to get a good feel of uh, what oh what, yeah what you're doing. I love doing that. Yeah, I love doing that to get a good feel of the energy and the tone and yeah, I I I, I to me that is now what absolutely what I prefer to do if it's possible. It's not always possible, but it often is. So yeah, definitely. And was uh, Jujutsu Kaisen recorded during the height of the pandemic or was that in, in, an in-studio uh, thing? It was not in-studio, I believe. So it had to have been in the height of the pandemic. I recorded that from home. I feel like most of the... I just recently uh, recorded with Studiopolis for the first time uh, since the pandemic in studio. I I'd, I'd re have recorded some other things with them from home and I just went in, I don't went, that was like a couple months ago, uh, and recorded for the first time in studio. So luckily we all have this great technology. Thank goodness technology had advanced in the way that it has just in time for the pandemic because basically the voiceover industry didn't really, we had like a couple weeks where everybody kind of held their breath and wondered what's going to happen. And then we all just carried on. I know like there Figured was a... I know like there was a difficulty um, during the start because everyone was like, okay, how, how are we going to do dubbing from, from home? But, you know, eventually yeah. they, they made it work. Oh, they, yeah. Yeah. I did several dubs from home. So both anime and live action. And that was, that is, it's definitely the most complicated of all of them, I, I think. And I think that a lot of studios would prefer to have people come in because just having that the timing work out, you know, when you're not in the same studio or, or maybe other people that are recording different characters or on different microphones because they're all at home just adds extra work for the sound engineers. So, um, but it's doable, but we all discovered it is doable. I use, I often use my iPad, my laptop and my desktop when I do it. I mean, I think I could probably use it within two different things, but that helps me having that set up like that. And uh, what do you love and hate about what you do? Um, I love that what I do changes constantly. My days are never the same. Um, I could be recording, you know, a video game trailer, doing like the voice of the trailer or the, or the voice of a movie trailer or promo or something. Um, and then maybe a narration. I did uh, a narration for a documentary series recently. Um, that was so much fun. That was about animals. And then, or I could be in the booth recording some incredible creation, you know, some video game or anime creation. And I love that I don't ever know what it's going to be. And I honestly, I love, and I love all of it. I love each of the things because I like that they change. I like that I get to do this kind of tone in this category over here. And then over here, I get to play and create things, you know, um, as far as what I hate, um, let me think about what that could be. It's hard for me to think of something I hate because I feel so grateful and I feel like it took me some time of figuring out life before I even encountered this career. And I feel so grateful that I have because it's allowed me, you know, so much freedom, creative freedom. And I get to work uh, often from home and I just, I, I just love so much about this job. Um, 
I mean, maybe, maybe, and I don't even know if I would say hate, just it's something that is just part of the job, but you know, we don't get to be in studio with other characters. That just doesn't really happen. It's very, very, very rare where if you're recording a character, you get to be in with the other actors in your scene. Um, so it's fun to be able to get together outside of, of work with other voiceover actors because we don't often get to converse with one another. Um, yeah, I'm honestly, that's the only thing that would be even a slight uh, side that I wish that would be awesome if it was different, but, but it's also, it's also okay. Cause it totally works and we all make it happen. And, and, you know, it also allows us freedom because we don't have to combine schedules. So yeah, I don't know. It would be interesting to see what, hear what other people had to say on that question. Cause I, I know other people have different experiences and have had different paths to this business. And so I guess it all depends on your own personal experience. Um, you mentioned doing promo work. Um, how did, you know, like what, like, how do you dif differentiate between like a, a normal promo read and like a narration? Like, how do you do, how do, how do you differentiate between those two? Oh, so, so promo, so doing, um, promos for a show like, um, like a yellow jackets is a show that I do promos for, or, um, Mayfair witches that's on AMC. And, you know, so I'm talking about the show and, and coming up next and, and that sort of a thing. So those are promos, promoting a certain show um, in some way. And then narration is doing the in-show narration, which could be for several things. But what I was talking about in particular was um, a docuseries that I worked on where I'm talking about you know, I'm, I'm, I'm basically narrating what's happening and talking about the different animals and talking about the scene, you know, the scenery and, uh, narrating the, the entire project that, that definitely takes far more time to do, to narrate something in that way versus doing a promo. And how would you say is like, like how, how long is the average session for that? For narration? Yeah. For doing it. Well, narration. one that we worked on, we did basically two hour sessions for each episode and each episode i think there were six episodes and each episode was about i believe they were around they're around 45 minutes in length so yeah so that was you know 12 hours of recording to do the six episodes man that must uh you gotta really take care of your throat and make sure that nothing oh, bad yeah. happens to it <laughs> Yeah, you in that, and obviously that was done over the span over the span of I don't know two or three weeks or something. But for sure, I knew when I was going in, I hydrated, 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 made sure. Obviously, you just you hope you don't get sick or something because then you're gonna sound a little different. Uh, and then I had to mentally yeah prep myself because it's having that sort of focus on a narration project because you sort of have to amplify and really talk about certain words in a certain way to really bring things to life and storytell. And, um, so by the end, you know, I'm tired. My, my voice is tired, all that. So uh, my hat's off to people that, that narrate audiobooks because that is, I, I can only imagine, I'm sure that people get used to it, but still that's a lot of talking and a lot of focus. Yeah. No, every time I get someone on here who says they like, um, doing audiobooks, I'm like, so you were the one the legend spoke of. 
Yeah, there's there are and there's an amazing community of audiobook narrators and that that do a large portion of their work in the audiobook world and they are known and they and they really enjoy it. I feel like that to me it's often I feel like it's uh the difference between the people that love a marathon versus a sprint, you know? That's there are some people that just love running long distance and uh and it, it I feel like the same thing about audiobooks. Some people I don't know what the aspect of it is, but they really enjoy it. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely is not for me. But again, I have mad respect because I know what that does to your body and your voice and just and and having to keep fresh because you don't want to sound tired. I can only imagine. I don't know how many pages you do at a time before you're just like, I got to take a break. I have to come back to this tomorrow. Yeah, I think, uh, what was it? Uh, Neil Ross, he wrote a, an autobiography and he did the he did the narration for it and he says, I'll never forget this. He said, like, I was so close to quitting and getting someone else to do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I did a, uh, what was it? It was a, it was like a, it was a medical coding long form video of some sort that was quite a few pages. I don't even remember now because it was, it was quite a few years ago. And I remember, well, first of all, it was medical coding. I had to read out the medical codes. So not only was it a lot of talking, but it was crazy specific and it was medical coding, something really complicated. So um, I remember thinking after that, I could never do, I remember my mouth hurting. <laughs> I was thinking, I could never, I cannot do these really long reading. I just, you know, I, I have to, I'd have to train for it or something. Like, what do you do to avoid a vocal damage? Um, I try to do warm-ups, particularly for certain things. I try to do uh, warm-ups. Um, if I'm doing a character that has some vocally stressful uh, lines, then I try to use the, that. there's a vocal straw and vocal cups and things that I try to use to get my my vocal cords warmed up. I Keeping hydrated, it, it's it's obviously easier said than done, but I try to keep hydrated. And if I know I have sessions like during the weekdays, I just, I might have, every once in a while I might have a glass of wine, but I try not to drink because it definitely changes my voice quality the next day. I'm sure from dehydration, probably. If you're someone who's trying to get into voiceover, do not drink alcohol before a session because... Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Well, for many reasons, <laughs> but even like the night before, if I know, you know, even like the night before, I'm not doing it because I know that the next day I need to, my voice needs to sound and I need to have all the energy that I can have and um, the endurance. And so even if I drink the night before, sometimes it's, it affects it. And how do you feel about doing efforts? Um, I feel like it's part of the part of the job. I feel like I'm happy to do them. Uh, I often have to do them, obviously, for video games. And and, um, and uh, do you mean some of the vocally stressful efforts? Is that what you're referring to? Or? Yeah, yeah, because you, you've worked on, what was it, Baki? And that, that's a show that... Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that one I didn't really have to do. I mean, she was... She, she, that My character, Maria, was very, you know, strong and uh, vocally uh, brash. But she... That stuff I is totally fine. I feel like that's that's in my wheelhouse for my voice. My voice I'm able to project 
and do those things in that way. I didn't have to do anything for that role that was particularly stressful or, or crazy that I can recall that really, you know, that I took note that it was affecting me in some way. I ask because I know that that show is like very over the top and people are constantly like yeah. screaming. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. There's definitely a lot of that. I don't, yeah, I don't feel like I had a, t I mean, there's definitely, I did some sort of screaming more, more like yelling and, and the character throwing things, but uh, yeah, nothing super crazy, but you're right. The, the, the show is definitely over the top. And, um, you know, I think we've uh, danced around it enough. So let's talk about uh, why uh, one of my favorite shows that came out last year, Cyberpunk, uh, Edge Runners, which I think is such a phenomenal series. And if you have not watched it, I just want to say, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. It's so well done. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, how did you get involved in that? Because that must have been right? insane to me. Like, how, like, how do you get involved in something like this big? <laughs> well, that is the, the that is the show I was referring to. That I had no idea what I was a part of until I was a part of it. Um, uh, everything was very, um, you know, signing NDAs, and even the audition process was, you know, the the name of it was, um, there was a code name, and I did not know what I was involved in. So, uh, I auditioned. I remember I auditioned for the character and I just saw a picture of a character, I believe. And, uh, so I just sort of did what I, you know, they, they obviously give you a description of what they want out of this character. And I kind of did what I felt she would sound like, what I, how I felt like she would behave. And, and then I had a call back. So I got to see more for that, but I still didn't know, still didn't know what it was. And then um, I remember thinking, oh, this this is something I can tell is going to be really cool, even just in the audition process. And I very rarely check in with my agents on auditions because there's so many that come in. It would be just insane to check in on everything. Hey, what's going on with this? And and honestly, I I don't rem I don't keep them in my mind. I kind of I audition, I do my best, and enjoy the process and then I try to move on because you can't hold on to those things or you'll make yourself crazy, you know? So I remember, but this particular one, because I'd had that callback and I just, based on, on how everything went down, I just felt like I was probably in, you know, a top select and it looked like it was going to be super cool. So I messaged my agent and I said, Hey, um, any chance you've heard anything more on this? And he said, well, they've cast some of the other roles. Uh, we know because they, they had some other talent from Atlas on it. And so he's like, yeah, so I, I think they probably have already cast. It. I was like, oh, okay, bummer. But, you know, whatever. That, that's that's how the game goes. And then probably a week later, he messaged and he said, well, looks like I was wrong. They want to offer you the role of Dorio. So I was very excited. And then I got in and... Uh, that's when they told me what I was, they just gave me the rundown. Wendy Lee was amazing. The producers, everybody involved, I've said this before, um, everybody involved, you could tell had so much passion and excitement for the project. And I believe that's also what led to its success. It just, everybody involved really treated it as though 
it was, you know, something that they loved and wanted to really do everything they could to bring their absolute best of every part of it. So it was, it was fun. And, and I got a detailed description of how, what went down in this world and how things operate. And it was cool. It was really a thrill to be a part of it. And then obviously, and then afterwards to, to have the response from the fans be what it was that was not expected. You know, nobody knows how things are going to go. They definitely, I knew that it was an anticipated anime that was coming out, but you know, that doesn't mean that it's gonna you know it could also mean that then that means that it comes out and people are like ah this it should have been better it should have been this way you know so it was really cool that the fans reacted the way they did and there was so much love for it you know um an anime is well received when even the people who don't watch dub say no you got to watch the show dubbed <laughs> yeah yeah because i mean i i think i think that this one is a, it's a little bit different in that way as well uh I think it was meant, you know, they definitely, obviously it's dubbed, but I think that they, from the, the very beginning, knew that it, there was very much going to be um, an English presence to it. I mean, it's based off of a video game. And um, also, when we were being directed, we really were directed, I feel, in such a great way because I felt like we were able to toe that line of the bigness of anime with the groundedness of like a game you know what i mean the ga game or or just acting maybe on camera acting more that theatrical um voice that maybe you would use for a game mixed right right in between that and some you know some that some of that big bold anime acting i felt like that made it that made all the difference because it made it just everything sat I feel like right where it was supposed to, everything felt like it was supposed to, like natural. Yeah, because I, you know, I rewatched the show again recently to prepare to prepare for this, and mm -hmm. and nobody has that anime read. Like no one feels like they're they're in an anime. Yeah. It feels way more grounded than that. Yes. Yep. And I love that about it. And I, I just think it's I just think it's so well done and so well thought out because of little things like that right little things that end up being big things yeah and plus it's also hilarious that if you know if you're a 90s kid like me and you grew up with like ian james corlett's um work mm. you know right? see, listening listening to him swear is just so funny i don't know why that is. <laughs> yeah i mean I, that's that's funny that's funny to hear that because it's like oh man you were mega man and i get to hear you swear that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> right that's a good point that's a really good point i remember mega man yeah because he was he yeah. was mega man back in like the old uh back in the old days the olden oh, days yes. of the 90s oh, yes <laughs> i remember yep my brothers played that game i played that game um yeah i definitely so and it was it was cool finding out after like having that scene with kirk thornton and you know different things that i didn't uh i didn't know who was voicing some of these characters until after so and it's cool i feel like we've all in a lot of shows you connect with some of the other actors and and uh so some of us have connected and kind of bonded over that which is cool plus like we, we you know alex just stole the show as rebecca like oh. honestly oh she's incredible <laughs> she's incredible she i mean that character is incredible for so many reasons right it was just it's an incredible character 
that she really brought to life in her own way and just it's crazy. Yeah, she was amazing. She's amazing. And there's a reason for all the love that um, that her character has, has, got, has gotten. Like so much fan art in like the shortest amount of time. I'm like, how? Yeah. <laughs> I know so much fan art and and Dorio, you know Dorio definitely didn't get as much love as as um, Rebecca and Lucy, but the people that loved Dorio and some of the fan art that I got to see was incredible. Oh my gosh! And the people that loved Dorio loved Dorio and wanted to you know was yeah let's let's see more of this let's see more of Dorio. So that was awesome because I felt like she's a cool character and she had this side of her that was definitely, uh, you know, I don't know, motherly in a way to definitely, there was a side of her that loved her family. That was her family, even though she's freaking built like a brick house and freaking tough. She just, uh, but then it, you know, she also doesn't, uh, I don't know if I want to, for the people who haven't seen it, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say, but, um, you know, I think that some of the other characters have more screen time. And so then, you know, that's, that's kind of how it goes too. But, um, it's, it was, it, regardless, there were so many cool characters. There's everybody, everybody, all the characters complimented one another, you know? Yeah, no, this is like a fair warning to anyone who has not seen the show. You will be crying at the end of it. Like the ending <laughs> yeah. broke me, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I think that's. That seems to be the consensus of most people. Cause like everyone like everyone did such a phenomenal job and and when this when the tone does shift from over the top comedy to seriousness, it doesn't feel out of place. It's like, oh no, this is it feels natural, which is so rare nowadays from from shows. Like cause a lot of shows have difficulty balancing the comedy and drama, but this show does it so well that it's seamless. It's like wow <laughs> yeah yeah right yeah they do which again this is why they're getting the the accolades and and the 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 critics reviews that they're getting i feel like there's a lot of components it was well written um well done on so many levels yeah no and uh and plus like what i love about your take on what about what i love about your characters that you know she's this big hulking woman who's you know you know modified her body to to look like that but right she doesn't right. have like the stereotypical deep gruff voice she's just a normal human being and i really like that yeah yeah i mean i i definitely had to make her stronger and dig deeper and and dig deeper in my in my vocal presence a little bit just to um bring bring what you would expect from you know some toughness to her but yeah she doesn't yeah she doesn't nothing is over the top everything is everything fits like it's was meant to be that way. Yeah. I mean, she, she doesn't sound like a professional wrestler is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Plus I, I really love her relationship with Maine and that it was portrayed, portrayed very healthy, you know, as, as healthy yeah. as that relationship can get. Honestly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because they're a little bit crazy, but at the same time, they it's, there's no doubt that they love each other and they have this, bond and connection and you know they might disagree and they might oh like what the hell you know what the hell main things like that but that's what happens in relationships what you get frustrated your main's doing some crazy shit <laughs> so um 
Yeah, I agree. I I love that. That was that's a cool bond in a film. Oh, so yeah, I mean, series and uh, what was it? Uh, William uh, Christopher St Stephens again, yes. just uh, just knocked it out of the park. I mean, I had him on the show so like a, I think two two years ago, and he's he's like such a he's just so calm and collective when you talk to him. Yeah. But like every time he goes into the booth, like I'm just shocked at how much energy he brings to each role. Honestly, yeah, yeah, he is awesome. He's just a cool guy too. Yeah, he and I have conversed <laughs> on the side, and he <clears throat> ugh, squeaking throat. Uh, conversed on the side and he's really awesome he's just a cool person so yeah yeah and see like you said seeming like seems really cool calm but then can go in there and just bring out this voice and just you know boom yeah <laughs> and again like i just i just again love the representation of that you know you know maine is is an is a black guy but he's not like a stereotypical black guy he's not the you know angry black guy you know he's just a guy, you know, who's, who loves what he does. And I'm like, yeah, you know, to him, this is the closest thing he has to a family. And if that family is a, is a crime, is, is a small street gang, there you go. You know, you do you, Maine, you do you. Yeah. They have their own version of a family for sure. They, they've, they've assembled what, what they can because nobody, I don't know if families are really a thing in their world, you know, and especially when what they do. So you know you know speaking of like the the fan reception were like were you shocked at how popular this show was like you know were you shocked at like how how people were you know just talking about this yeah. for like nonstop for like i think god i don't know what yeah. was it i think a month went by where it was just cyberpunk stuff <laughs> for like a yeah. month <laughs> yes i definitely was when it came out and then seeing it go take uh the netflix you know going down and being in the top 10 and then being in number one spot and all of that happening, it was definitely a surprise. Like I said, I knew it was anticipated, but you don't know ultimately how it's going to be received. So I was very surprised and it was really cool to be a part of something that was such a phenomenon at that time, as far as the conversation went, you know, like everybody was talking about it. It was, re it, yeah, super cool. I have, a, I had other clients that I've worked with on, other games or different things that are that were fans of it and were super excited to find out that I played voice Dorio. They're like, oh my God, I love that. That's, I was so excited at the end. I said, I knew I knew that voice. And that it, it was fun to talk to people that really got into it. Yeah, I, I remember watching the show for the first time. I'm like, is that Marie? Is that Marie? <laughs> ah, so you, did you think, did you guess that it was me before you saw that it was me? Now I was like, I, I know that voice, but That's I can't okay. be for certain. You know? Yep. I know, right? Because <laughs> I've had this before, like where I thought it was uh, another one of my friends did did a Netflix show and I listened to her and I'm like, is that Laura Post? I think that's Laura Post, but I'm not sure. And then I look at the credits and it's like, oh no, it's Larissa. I know Larissa. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that will happen. I definitely have had people call me up before and hey did you just do this was that you sometimes it is yeah and sometimes it's not <laughs> no that wasn't me so that that's that's kind of cool though because that means it's 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 fun to play such different characters and roles you know that sometimes you're uh, people aren't sure if it's you uh does it feel weird listening to yourself or are you used to it um i think 
It depends. I think for the most part, I'm used to it. But watching certain things, I definitely get a little bit of anxiety before I see it. Like, oh, like, I hope this turned out good. I hope it turned out the way I wanted to. But, you know, when with things like dubbing, you get to watch things back while you're recording. You know, they'll replay the scene that you're listening and then sometimes you redo it. So I kind of knew how some of those were going to come out. But sometimes there's commercials or things that come on and I don't know what they're going to, what select they went with at the end as far as all the takes we took. So it's, so some, there's been a couple times, there's, I feel like there's one time where I was listening to something thinking, oh, oh no, this isn't me, but I'm pretty sure I did this spot. And then by the end I realized, oh, that is me. (laughs) I don't know why I sounded different to myself, but I did. So I guess it just depends on, on what it is, but generally all I do all day because auditioning is a part of the, is a part of work too, is I'm, I'm either working, which is, you know, talking and hearing playback and recording or auditioning and recording myself and going and listening to myself and having to self-direct. And I'm, I'm definitely used to it, used to hearing my voice. And because every time I ask someone this question, they're like, I can't stand listening to myself. So, <laughs> you know, I don't watch my own work. So there you go. Yeah, I've, I've watched some. I, sometimes I can't watch all of it because you do get a little like on camera stuff is really, really hard. It's harder. To watch. I feel like with video games and things and with voiceover, you get to sort of play a role, you know, adjacent. It's you, but it's, it's you know, through the lens of somebody else. And that makes it easier to watch. But there are definitely times where I've listened to something or watched back. I'm like, oh, I wish I would have done that different. Or, yeah, there, there, there are for sure those moments. Like I said many times before, uh, we are our own worst critics. And we got to learn yeah. to live with that. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Exactly. If you, if you want to move forward with, if you know, you have to allow yourself some, um, you have to just say, Hey, I'm working on it. Or, Hey, like this is, you know, you have to acknowledge when you are doing something well, I feel like that's, that's something that's hard to do, but that way you can move forward and have that confidence in yourself. Like, Hey, no, I can do this. No, I'm t- totally capable of this. I know I can, you know? And what was the weirdest direction you've ever been given? Oh, that is a very big question. Weirdest direction I've ever been given. I don't even know. I feel like I would have to really think about that. I don't. Because often direction, you know, it's things that you would expect. Oftentimes I can tell when I've done a line that I know, like I knew where I needed to change something or switch something up. So I kind of know what's coming, but, um, Oh man, I feel like there are some things that that have been given to me that I that if I thought about it, I could recall, but I can't think of something specific right now. Uh, because I remember someone doing, uh, I think it was like a Spider-Man game, mm. and and he said he he was playing like a couple of uh, enemy characters, and the director told him like, okay, in this scene, you're getting punched in, you know, the stomach. You gotta, you know sound like you're getting punched in the stomach not the face and it's like wait there's a difference <laughs> oh my gosh yeah but i can see why there's a difference there you know uh getting punched in the, in the face and your stomach is you know gonna it's gonna affect you a little differently but that's that's great direction because it's really specific um i've definitely had some specific direction like that having a great director that can tell you something like that or being able to you really, it's really important in a, in a game, I would say, 
I mean, a lot of things. You need to know what's happening before, what's happening after, um, you know, what's taking place in the scene that sometimes isn't so obvious. If you're doing a game, you often just have the lines. You need to know what's going on so you can say, because you're going to say things differently depending on the scenario. So it's so important to have a really good director. I mean, I think what I love about the voiceover business is is the fact that very rarely do you hear stories about terrible direction. It's always like people who understand what they're working on and how to get the best performance out of a specific actor. Like very rarely do I ever have anyone come on here and say, oh no, I got like terrible direction on this project because, you know, that rarely happens in voiceover. Yeah, yeah, I feel like for the most part, especially in character work, you know, there's great, there's people that are at the helm directing that really know what they're doing and know how to, they either have done it themselves, so they know how to act, or they just really know how to direct. And they really have a good understanding of what's going on in the game. And and often the director or the, the, a producer or somebody else or, um, you know, developer will be there as well so they can ask, hey, if, oh yeah, what is, you know, they think that, can you tell me what exactly is happening here so they can confirm something? All that stuff's really important. Again, it's it's uh, it's a relationship. It is, you know, one cannot exist without the other. It's yin and, it's yin and yang, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. The, the care you, as an actor, you do what you do, but you have, you, you're given certain information. So you, it's, it's, you're kind of in the hands of the person guiding you. And what was the best and worst advice you've ever been given as an actor? Um, I think anything that is, anything that's limiting is not great advice. I mean, I definitely think it's good for people to be honest, for coaches, for your people to be honest about what's, what's out there and what's possible. But, um, you know, there was definitely, there's definitely certain roles, certain areas of voiceover that were limiting for women like promo and, and trailers and things. And, um, fortunately over time things have changed and there's a lot more women working in that area. And, and I'm glad that I went for it anyway and decided to sort of, Hey, I just want to see, you know, this is an area that I want to focus on. So, um, and some of the best advice. Oh man, I feel like I've had so much, so much great advice and so many great people just fill me in on the ins and outs. I mean, I've had to ask so many questions. I think, I mean, I think I can say that don't ever be afraid to ask other people that have walked the path that you want to walk. Say, hey, you know, what What about, how How did you, you know, ask them for a, a, a bit of time. Like I've, I feel like there's there are a lot of people are willing to help and I have friends that have helped me with the technical side of a voiceover as well as in the beginning of my career I took a whole bunch of classes and met some people that were able to kind of get, you know get you get little advice along the way so I think that's important it's really important to communicate with other people who are ahead of where you are now and um dude I wish oh, I need to write I need to see these are things now I need to go back really think about and have an answer have an actual answer because I've for sure been given something really, some really specific advice. Um, 
And I think two of the, th and I don't know if it's a specific word. I can't say it's a, a specific sentence that they said this and this changed the game for me. But I had two people, you know, come into my world and say, hey, Marie, I think it's time for you to level up. I think you need to work with a different agent. Your agent's great, but you are, you are able to do more and, um, you can work more and there there's a lot more out there for you and that you're at that level. So, and I remember, and, and, and then another person saying that about, um, I'm working with a manager and I just wasn't sure. Well, what about this? Or what if I'm not, what, you know, what if I don't want to be bottom of the totem pole and I want to be, you know, I want all these things, you know, just sort of second guessing yourself rather than, and in both times, I think I came to the realization that, that ultimately when opportunity comes your way and it is in often it's not what you're expecting just like that first voiceover edition i had take it see what's see what's on the other side because there's so many times things have come my way and if i would have said and closed the doors no 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 i'm doing this that's not what i do i'm not doing that like that's not my thing i don't want to put forth that energy um it's one thing it's one thing to you know to go down the road and realize it's not your thing but ultimately keeping an open mind and i think I've had a couple people really teach me that lesson, not necessarily say it in so many words, but keeping an open mind has changed everything in my life because I am never would be where I am now if I weren't willing to seek out some of the opportunities that were given to me. I mean, you just got to take that leap of faith sometimes and say, you know, if I'm going to yeah. dedicate my life, you know, if I'm going to dedicate my life to this profession, either go all in or don't. Yep. Go all in or don't, and then be, you don't know, be somewhat flexible. There are other things that come up. Just like I wasn't on camera and all of a sudden voiceover, what voiceover? Or I have friends that have ended up being writers to start an on camera or something. You know, there's other areas that kind of come your way. Hey, do you want to, maybe you could, you could help us with this. And they, they get in, involved in a different way and it ends up being something that they're totally passionate about. I mean, you never know. That's that's the beauty yeah. of life is that you never know right. you never where know. this crazy journey is going to take you. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and uh, what a journey you're you know you're currently going on. Like it's it's crazy to think like three years ago you were only doing like video games and now you're doing anime and that's like, oof. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's yeah, and it, I guess it depends on everybody's. Uh, personal preference and everything but I love I love that I get to be a part of both of those worlds right video games were my start in this in this entire industry and I love I really love the theatrical groundedness of video games and how where they've come and then an anime you know anime obviously but games as well games have have a few huge fan base especially certain ones but you know, anime has this other side of things. It's just, it's just a very different beast. And it's so fun to be able to be a part of that world and immerse myself a bit. And I I like the exploration of all the things. It, I love it. And it's cool. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't remember when we first started talking. This is something we talked about before, but I couldn't remember if when you, you and I talked last, if I had done any anime, but I had not. Because I looked at those credits and there wasn't anything, you know, pre that episode. Yeah. So, <laughs> yep. Yeah, that came in. And then, yeah, like I said, I've been I've been very fortunate with the things that I, they've the roles that I've been given in that side of the side of the business. 
I mean, and it's and it's great to just see you go from, you know, just like oh, I'm I I do like a couple you know bit parts here and there to establish characters, and then you know onto like critically critically acclaimed shows like Jujutsu Kaisen and uh, Cyberpunk. That's just I love. I just love seeing that. I love seeing my friends succeed and just and just get out there and be like, yeah, of course they, of course they made it, because they're that freaking good, you know. Oh man, I love that. Thank you. And also, and I feel the same way. By the way, I, I have friends that are yeah, just. It's so fun to see friends on both sides. Because I have friends that we started out, you know, doing our day jobs of whatever bartending and this and that we were, and now some of them are incredible on camera very well known in the on-camera world some of them um you know obviously w being seeing my other voiceover counterparts work their way up work their butts off and get these amazing credits credits and wins and it's fun yeah i love rooting on my friends it's such it's so such a joy to watch people that you believe in and that you want to do well to watch them do well and succeed and be where you're like, yeah, I knew you could do that. Like, yes, this is what I want for you. It's so funny looking back at, um, what was it? Was it in, was it indivisible? <laughs> was that the game that you, that you were a part of? I think that was. And just looking at that cast and realizing, oh man, so many of those people went on to have phenomenal careers. In voiceover. That's so interesting. Yeah. Because, um, that's true. That's true. And I think, uh, and I don't know if, well, that was, that was definitely somewhat earlier on for me, I guess. Um, but some of them I thought, well, maybe they'd already established, were already established. I don't know. No, there were like established talents, but like, I'm talking about like people like, you know, Brett Ben Pronsky, like he was like, he had done some work, but he, but he isn't, but he wasn't as big as he is now basically you know ben pronsky oh close, yeah you know, yeah, ben. Uh, you, know yep. you know uh zara zara fuzzle like she's like one of the biggest yes. breakout stars yeah of, she's amazing and uh, her and i she and i got to meet in person just a few months ago and it was really cool because our characters my character had a crush on her character so it was super fun to get to meet her first she's like oh my gosh that's you it was really that was fun and she's such a sweet person we have a mutual friend that this adores her and obviously i'm friends with this person too so it's, it was cool to get to meet her in person well she's amazing like just you know like I, I said this many times before but um you know being you know middle eastern and seeing someone you know who looks like me you know brown person of color yeah. succeeding yeah. in the business and and just like finding out that she's into gargoyle gargoyles and darkwing duck and i'm like how are we not friends? <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, isn't it fun to hear those little tidbits of information about people? Yeah, it's just it just blows my mind. It's like, wait a minute, like you're into the same stuff I'm into. Oh, <laughs> you're amazing. You're like you're like my new favorite person now. <laughs> that yeah, I know. I love hearing that when I have when I have people that I we I just connect with, and then we find out that there's all these other connections. It's that's fun. That's super fun. Yeah, no, but but I I I mentioned that game because you know going back you know three years ago that was what you were known for like oh you know she she played this part part and like this this video game that you know did have a fan base but unfortunately like you know it it didn't go anywhere but I mean I'm kind of glad that my point is that I'm kind of glad that the people who worked on it found success elsewhere. 
Yeah, it was a great, yeah, it was a great cast. I look back at that too. And our director, uh, Christina V was the director um, from Miraculous, if you watch Miraculous, Ladybug. Oh yeah, I mean Christina V's like in everything now. She's she's everywhere. Yeah, she's in everything. But that's <laughs> I think that's her definitely her claim. You know, to to every that is definitely her big major biggest role. Probably the, the one of the first ones that really she's she's all she's also just a sweet. I just like her. I just like her. I think she's a person that's really well rounded. You know, in for so in in so many ways, and I just I just like her as a person. Yeah, no, I met her at like a virtual con back when, you know, during the pandemic and like, she's just, she's such a sweetheart and very, you know, very chill, very laid back, very quiet, like nothing at all, yeah, like yeah. any of the characters. She yeah, plays. she's super cool, super chill. Yeah, I, yeah, she's just, she's very grounded, um, very kind. Yeah, I, I just, I think she's, she, she has it figured out. She, she has it figured out. She, yeah. She's, she does everything with such grace. Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, that's, that's another thing that I love about the voiceover industry is that you guys get to work with such talented people and sometimes you might not even know it cause you don't record together. So there you go. Yeah. Yep. It's true. It's true. And you, you know, you look into people sometimes or there's, there's oftentimes where I'm recording with somebody. And of course, the more I've been in the business, the more I, the chances are that I do know at least who they are, if not know them personally but but there are other times where i don't know people and then it's it's cool to look up and say oh yeah these guys are amazing and they're so talented so <laughs> it's true i i love hearing stories of people like not you know getting into voiceover and not knowing anything about it and just being shocked at discovering like this whole other world that's like wait a minute you're telling me the steve bloom guy can do creature voices yeah oh my gosh that's funny yeah because I, cause I had interviewed someone who had just done like one guest spot in, in a couple of shows and she was like very new to, to voiceover and she had like literally no idea about any of it. And so she was constantly asking me questions about it because she's like, you know, you obviously know more than I do. And I'm like, oh, man, I just realized there are people out there who don't know who D. Bradley Baker is. <laughs> and that's kind of weird yeah. to me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you're in voiceover, those are definitely the people that you, the voices you've, you've heard of first. But if you're new, very new to it or or not in the voiceover world, then yeah, I can see why, you know, those are the, those are not, those are the unsung heroes, right? They're not always, they're not, their names aren't touted like an on-camera celebrity would be. So, but, but for us in the voiceover world, you know, we know of their epic talents and, and legendary status. No, it's, uh, oh, I think I mentioned this in another episode, but I recently went to a convention in, in, in the U S you know, a month ago and I, you know, I had met Roger Craig Smith there and I swear to God, like what I love about that interaction was like everyone standing in line was, were just shocked at, or, or they were just shocked at, at, at the number of characters he voiced. And, and they were like, I had no idea you did the voice of so-and-so in this show. Yeah. I'm sure that happens all the time though, you know? Like the, there was like, I think this like teenage girl who was just like a huge like Owl House fan. And she found out that she, that he did the voice of the warden. And, and she was like, oh my goodness, you did the voice of the warden. That's, that's crazy. I had no idea. Yeah. 
yeah. And it's cool to hear that if you already like someone and they think, oh my gosh, you're that voice. Yeah. <laughs> and I just kind of felt bad for, for, for them. Cause it's like, you know, if they like a certain character and it's like, you know, I, 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 I think that I'm, I'm of the personal opinion that, you know, if you're going to make prints of your characters, make prints of obscure characters. Cause you never know. You never know if, uh, yeah. if someone, like... if someone, uh, comes up to your table yeah. and is like, I, I'm a fan of that particular character and I want a print of that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've thought about that too. I've thought about that too. Cause I know that, um, you know, I mentioned this because I know that, you know, on your Instagram, you did commission art of, uh, one of your characters, right? It was Maria. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Which I love, like I'm such a fan of artists. I'm such a fan of fan art and artists. It was really awesome to talk to somebody in that process to talk to an artist and I'm, I'm in awe of of talented people like that so that was fun <laughs> so you know if if you guys want to you know uh commission stuff do it because honestly right now we need support of actual artists instead of this ai nonsense so there yes. you go <laughs> agreed agreed wholeheartedly <laughs> Uh, anyway, I'm looking at the time and we got to wrap this up cause I got to get going. But, uh, before we, before we, before we go, can you give us an update on what you're currently working on and where can people find you online? People can find me online on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm terrible at Twitter. Oh my gosh. I, there might be only like two people worse than me. I'm so bad at updating my Twitter and oh and TikTok. I think I'm on there, but I don't know the last time I basically I'm terrible at social media. The one that I update the most would be Instagram, but um I am certainly not a social media pro trying to do better. Try I definitely try to have some updates on there, but I don't showcase all my work. And um I'm trying to think of what I can talk about. I definitely have um a game or two coming out. And, but of course I can't really t say anything more about that. Um, you can, f I mean, I should, I should post more so that people can see the things that I've, I'm working on, but I just, I just worked on bleach and there's other things, basically anything that's coming out that isn't already out is stuff that's like, I can't talk about, but, uh, there, there's more to come and I, and you'll, whether it's the character work or hearing me just on TV promoting, a TV show or, or, or a commercial of some sort for prime video, then that's, um, that's where I'll be. That's where I'll be. That's where you can hear me. Also, uh, thank you for mentioning bleach. Uh, I forgot to talk about that show, but, uh, congrats on, uh, <laughs> landing a role on, on that as well. Ah, thank you. Yeah. Super <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That was super fun to work on. So um, anyway, thank you so much for taking the time off to do this, Marie. It's, I, I, I always like talking to you whenever I get the chance, and uh, we should do it again sometime. <laughs> yes, I love talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. All Such right. a pleasure. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye.